Hello, and welcome to the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. For today's episode, I spoke to Sean Foley. Sean is Principal of Global Transfer Pricing Services at KPMG in the US and works with major organisations and multinational corporations to analyse their intercompany transactions and develop practical transfer pricing strategies. Sean, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Good to be here. Sean, in this podcast series, we're exploring the themes of geopolitics, digitalization, and changing business models. Today, I wanted to use our time together to talk about transfer pricing, and I want to start by asking how the use of data and analytics is impacting audits and changing the tax landscape. There are several ways in which we see the impact. Um, One is that governments are using analytics to select companies for audit. Um, Thinking about uh, uh, data, running it through algorithms to figure out which companies are are perhaps the highest risk from their point of view. We're seeing a number of governments that are doing that in more and more sophisticated ways. But uh, another way in which this is also rolling out is that the audit process itself, the the analytics around, uh, and particularly information on the internet, such as LinkedIn and, and other similar kinds of information, is being pulled in more and more into audits themselves. And so we find that, uh, that it's not just the, the audit selection, but the audit process is, is being affected. Beyond that, there are important trends that are um, the information exchange itself. So the amount of information that's available Not only are the analytics increasing, but the information flows between governments are a very important part of the uh, the developments. One of these would be the country-by-country reports in which governments around the world for the very first time have a very clear picture of the tax footprint of each of the major multinationals that may operate in their jurisdiction. So this additional information that they're receiving from other governments is also a very important way in which analytics and the information associated with it is changing the tax landscape. Sean, you mentioned country-by-country reporting. Are you aware of this being used to trigger audits? Yes, uh, this information was first exchanged for the tax year 2016. And so companies were filing their returns in late 2017 for the very first time. And then governments began to exchange those reports in 2018. So for a calendar year taxpayer, the very first reports would have been exchanged in June of 2018. So, so now we're here, here in, in uh, 2019, you know, uh, you know, nine months, you know, 10 months later. And, and actually for the very first time in the, in the last couple of months, we've seen a couple of audits that were triggered by these C by C reports. And this is important because we've been expecting this to be happening, but we hadn't seen it actually happening on the ground. And now, as I said, we have uh, two examples, uh, one in Austria, where a, a company that had a what we call a Swiss principal structure in which the, 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 the Swiss parent company was re- responsible for managing the company's uh, overall business and therefore, from the point of view of the company, deserved the lion's share of the profit. Um, the Austrian tax authority challenged that. They were looking at uh, some cross-border payments between Switzerland and Austria and saying, no, the, the Austrian subsidiary ought to be getting a much higher uh, amount of return. And this was all coming out of a C by C report. And we know that because the um, the Austrian tax authority, when they when they sought to uh, to uh, audit and then adjust the returns in Austria, they uh, they looked at what uh, an important factor that's in the C by C report, which is headcount. Um, one of the things that is reported on this uh, report is the amount of personnel that are in each country around the world. And the Austrian government said, you know, we think that we ought to have a profit split here. And we ought to be looking at the relative headcount in Austria versus Switzerland versus other countries around the world. And Austria ought to be getting um, a, a much larger share. And in fact, they ought to get a proportion of the overall profits related to the amount of headcount in Austria. And Austria had a very significant amount of headcount and therefore was going to 
going to vastly increase the amount of income in country. Now, this, this use of the C by C report is actually not sanctioned by the OECD. So one of the things that, that, uh, that my colleagues working on this audit to assist the company, they pushed back very hard on the Austrian tax authority and said, no, this is not what you should be using this report for. And they also um, went into the substance of the, um, of the relationship between Switzerland and, and Austria and said, no, uh, we can demonstrate to you that, that there are senior people in, in Switzerland who really are controlling this company and deserve the return that, that, uh, that's been assigned to them. So there was some back and forth and, and ultimately this audit settled um, on, a, on, a, on an acceptable basis, um, but it, it did demonstrate what we've um, in, you know, in, in, the, in the, the corporate world and, and the advisor world been fearful of is that these uh, C by C reports, uh, not only will they be triggering more audits, but they'll be triggering these profit splits um, as, a, as an approach, which uh, you know, can vastly uh, change the, the results and are quite unexpected from a company's point of view as to the, the kind of tax they'd be paying. And Sean, to follow on from that, how are you seeing changing business models affecting transfer pricing risk? I think a, a really important development is uh, virtual teams. So many companies these days are you know, allowing um, the best people. They're looking for the best people, the best resources, and they're, they're hiring them wherever they can find them. And they, they're not necessarily insisting that those, that those resources, those senior people who are you know, controlling marketing, controlling research and development, you know, controlling other important aspects of the business, and what we call in transfer pricing, DEMPI functions. Um, these, these functions are, can be found you know, across the globe in various different countries. And what that is, is uh, highlighting is that um, as, as the, the rules have progressed um, over the last few years and, uh, and governments are challenging and saying, you know, we are really want to look for um, you know, where are the most senior people because we think that's where the value should be. If that value happens to just locate in, in a particular, in a, in a Germany or in a Belgium, um, just because a person lives there, you know, suddenly your, your, your overall um, uh, understanding of, of where your value chain and where you should be reporting income can be, you know, very much uh, uh, changed or distorted from, you know, depending upon your point of view. But, but another aspect of this is that as, as people leave companies and then move and you hire new people, I mean, suddenly, you know, you had a senior person, you know, running research and development happen, happened to be sitting in Germany. And now you, that person left or moved and, and now that person uh, is now sitting in the UK. Is suddenly all the, the profit that, uh, that, that was getting, going to, the, to Germany, if that's the way you're, you've been doing the analysis, just moved to the UK because one person moved? And this is the kind of thing that we're seeing actually coming up on some audits and is certainly creating um, a, a real difficult um, area for, for companies to, to try to understand how just you know, very straightforward business decisions and HR decisions can suddenly be having these very dramatic swings in their, their, their tax profile. Okay, Sean. So on the topic of change, what's your reaction to the OECD's release of the Digital Economy Action Plan on May 31st? Disappointment. And I guess I, I say disappointment because, you know, we we um, we spent you know several years between uh, you know 2013 and 2015, you know, um, companies you know came to the table with the OECD, governments got together, the G20, you know, thought hard about this, and uh, and ultimately you know adopted you know very 
dramatic changes. We've been talking about them, the country by country report, um, this DEMPI function analysis, um, you know, the ways in which audits ought to be, um, ought to be resolved you know, cross border. You know, many, many important changes were, were, uh, were finalized in December of 2015. You know, and that is not so long ago because it, took, it takes a number of, of years for, uh, for, for governments to implement these changes into law and then companies to react. And, and they are having important effects on business. And business is, is, uh, is I think, uh, following these, these new rules and, uh, and, and working hard to, to try to respect you know, the, the, the substance requirements, for example, that the, that the governments have been asking for. But, but rather than letting these, these rules sort of play out and, and settle down and let, let us all understand together whether or not we had solved many of these problems with this very you know, important BEPS, you know, the, the base erosion and profit shifting uh, project that was completed, as I said, in 2015, the, 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 the governments, the OECD and the G20 have said, no, we're, we're going to move forward you know, um, on a very aggressive timeline where now between, uh, between today here in 2019 and January of 2020, they're going to come up with a work plan and that is actually going to come up with, a, with the basis of a consensus on how uh, you know, the digital economy is going to be taxed in a very different and, and, and very potentially now that we see the work plan, you know, um, uh, transformative uh, and radical uh, change to, to tax law, um, all happening on this, on this extraordinarily accelerated uh, timeframe. But again, just returning to my earlier comment, you know, we never even had an opportunity to see whether or not the problems were fixed, you know, under the, the other, the, other uh, the, the important changes and rules that were only just getting settled and, and affecting behavior. So I guess, you know, it, it seems that, uh, that this is going to happen. Um, I, I really, it doesn't seem like, a, like a, this is a train that can be stopped. But that said, uh, you know, my, uh, my, my short answer is disappointed. Sean, we've covered a lot of ground today and clearly a lot is changing in the world of transfer pricing. But if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? I think companies really need to do a, um, a hard look at their, at their supply chain, at their transfer pricing methods, at the, um, at, the, at the way in which business and tax are intersecting because there has been so much change um, in the rules, in the way governments are, are enforcing rules that um, it really behooves, I think, you know, uh, the, uh, the tax departments of major companies, of major multinationals, to, uh, to take a hard look and make sure that their, their, their current approach to their, their tax positions is, is consistent with the new rules. Sean, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Join us again next time, and please let us know if you have any suggestions or ideas for future topics that you'd be interested to hear about in this series of podcasts. You can email us at tax at kpmg.com. Thanks for listening.